Hello everyone, welcome to Refuge Fellowship. I'm glad you could join us today. I hope you had a great week. Um, doing things a little differently today. Um, instead of a sermon, we're going to have, I'm going to share my testimony with you guys and just really hope to encourage you with all the Lord has done, um, not just in my life, but hopefully you think back on what the Lord has, has done in your life. And I think it was a couple of weeks ago we had we had put out there that if you could just send us maybe like a five, ten minute video of your testimony and just want to encourage you to, to do that this week. Um, super encouraging um, just to see how faithful the Lord is um, in each one of our lives. Hopefully soon we can meet together again in person and really look forward to that. I know we all do and so uh, definitely be an exciting time when we can do that. But anyway, again, just want to share my testimony with you guys. And so when I thought about sharing my testimony, I thought of the question, <clears throat> why should we share our testimony? What is the importance of sharing it? And, and what is our testimony? And so our, our testimony is how we've come to uh, faith and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, what, what, what were we saved from? What did Jesus rescue us from? Um, I thought of Psalm 107, and Psalm 107 is its a great psalm. I encourage you to read it this week, but it just goes through the whole chapter, just goes through all these different circumstances. But the common theme that you see in it is, and the Lord rescued us out of all of these troubles. And that's what our testimony is. It's, it's about uh, talking of what the Lord has saved us from and how he has delivered us from our struggles and from our bondage. Um, I think of Daniel chapter 4, verse 12, and I'd just like to read that real quick before I start. And it says, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. And I thought that's just a great verse um, in regards to our testimony. I think it's good to share what the Most High God has done for me. Um, and we see the Lord instruct Israel with this. We see every time when, the, when Israel was being led out of Egypt and out of their captivity. They were just in bondage for years and just brutal slavery from the Egyptians and even came to the point where the Israelites were overpopulating the land that the Egyptians wanted to kill off the the uh, the young boys being born in, in, in Egypt by the Israelites. And so just a very trying and difficult time for them. And we would eventually see just how brutal this was, that the Lord looked on them and he could no longer bear the affliction of Israel. We all know the story. He sent Moses and Aaron, and, and uh, they went to, to Pharaoh and demanded that, that he let the Israelites go. And we know the Lord brought about the, the ten plagues and eventually delivered Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. But when the Lord delivered Israel, he showed them you need to... You need to have reminders of your slavery. You need to have reminders of what I'm saving you from. So that when your children ask you, you can share with them what I've done for you. And so I think that's why it's so important that we know our testimony and share it. Because we are we are showing what the Lord has done for us in our lives. It's a, it's a memorial or a testimony for sure. So I'm just really blessed with the opportunity to just uh, share mine with you all today. So... Again, we'd love to hear your testimony. We'd love to hear your prayer requests or anything that you're going through. Please send it to us. And uh, again, just love to hear from you. So uh, most of you, I don't think I've met a lot of you. I came to Myanmar in the beginning of the year. It's February. 
and I, my name is Christian, and so I really look forward to meeting you guys in person, but I grew up, um, I grew up in the eastern side of the United States, in Pennsylvania, and I wasn't born in a Christian home, but I was born to, uh, my father was a Catholic, and my mother did not have any, any particular religious beliefs, and so though I wasn't raised in a Christian home, I still kind of had a knowledge and a perception of God and who he was in my life. Um, so grow, growing up Catholic, <clears throat> my father, he will tell you that he wasn't, he didn't really practice anything, but it was merely, merely a crutch for, for belief in God. So there was no evidence of a life lived out for Jesus Christ. And so honestly, it was, it was basically like growing up in a home without, without the gospel and without any knowledge of the Lord. So growing up, I never had an interest in God. I never had an interest in, in Jesus Christ or anything of, of the Bible or anything that the Lord had to offer. I was more interested in what will suit my pleasures, what will make me happy. Or I didn't know then, but things that I thought would make me happy that, that just didn't satisfy. But I was chasing after things to quench the longing in my heart. And you know what? It's the same for each and every individual. We all have a longing and a deep desire in our hearts. We try to fill this desire with, with things of this world, with pleasures. Maybe if I get that, I'll, I'll feel better. Maybe if I have that person in my life, then I'll feel better and I'll feel satisfied. And growing up, this was all that I was concerned with. How can I feel content and satisfied in my heart? Um, well, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ know that that void and that satisfaction can only come through faith in Jesus. But... I didn't know this at the time. So again, growing up, I didn't have any any belief, and I just had a desire to please myself and the desires of my heart. So growing up, um, the Catholic Church, it gave me a, a big distaste for the things of God. Um, a lot of a lot of legalism, and I'm not I'm not up here to judge, you know, Catholicism, and I'm not here to judge the beliefs of the Catholic Church. But I know for me, I felt it to be very work based and a very work based mentality that went into that. Um, if you had sinned, you had to confess your sins to another person and you had to you had to do things in order to, to attain your forgiveness. And so I always had a work-based mentality in my mind and just seeing this work-based mentality and seeing people just not live according to it, it really gave gave me a big distaste for for the things of God. And it was the same in my whole family. Uh, my parents will admit that to you, my sister, We'll admit that to you. And so we eventually just got to the point where we weren't going really to the Catholic Church at all. And we just kind of had, had stopped and just really didn't advance at all with anything that had to do with the, the things of God. Well, my father, he was an electrical engineer and he started to travel for his for his work. He got a new job. And it was on one of his business trips that he had accepted Jesus Christ into his heart as Lord and Savior. He had... Uh, he was in a hotel room, pretty cool testimony. He was in a hotel room, and in the hotel room, there was a Bible in the drawer, and he read it. He was going through the book of Romans, and sure enough, he he believed on the Lord. I believe it was Romans chapter 10, verse 9, which says, If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so my father read that, and he believed on Jesus. And so at this point now, um, everything changed. My father had shared with my mom um, just that he'd accepted the Lord truly into his heart. 
This wasn't like what he what he said he had before in the Catholic Church. This wasn't merely lip service. This was a true change in his heart. He had truly found Jesus Christ. Well, shortly thereafter, my mother, she had accepted Jesus into her heart as Lord and Savior. And so now I had both parents accept Jesus, and it was just me and my sister now. We didn't have any beliefs. And so my parents, they never forced anything on us. Um, when they had accepted the Lord, they didn't they didn't change anything for us. They didn't make they didn't force us to do anything. And I think that's I think it's a great reminder that God does not force Himself on anyone. Um, God never forces us into a relationship with Him. It is a choice that we must make. Now, yes, God longs for us to believe on Him and to come into a personal relationship with Him, but He'll never force Himself on us. You know, I think about that a lot. Why didn't God just? Why did God give Adam and Eve a choice? Why did he give them free will? Well, because he wants an intimate relationship with us. He doesn't want to be a dictator over us. He, want, he wants to be into an intimate relationship with us. And so he'll never force himself on us. It's a choice that we must make. And for me and my sister, that's what the choice that we had now. It wasn't being forced on us. We weren't being uh, pushed to believe in anything. So it was really, it was really amazing because I got to see now when my parents had accepted the Lord, just the change that Jesus had brought to their lives. Um, I could see a huge change in their marriage. Their marriage was a lot, a lot firmer. It was strengthened. They didn't argue. It was, uh, you could definitely tell it was a good marriage. There was, there wasn't anything wrong with it. <laughs> of course they struggled, right? I'm not saying they were perfect after, after accepting the Lord, but I could see a huge change, especially in their marriage. I could see it in their individual lives. Uh, so I saw a big change from their lives. And what a testimony, right? When we accept Jesus in our hearts, there should be a change, right? We're not saved by our works, but our works should show us that we are saved. And I could clearly see that uh, with my parents. And the Lord said, you will know, people will know that you are my disciples by your love. And I could see just my parents, they just started to love on on us more, on each other more, but on the world around them more. And it didn't make sense to me. I wondered why. Why are they like this, right? Well, I thought of a verse in Acts, um, chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Peter and John had been preaching about Jesus in the Jewish Supreme Court, or the, you know, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they had arrested Peter and John. And they had said, you, you cannot, you cannot preach this Jesus, right? Well, chapter 4, verse 13 tells us, I'm going to read it here. When they had saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And I could see that clearly with my parents, that they had been with Jesus. I could see a big change. This wasn't a phase, right? This wasn't just a, a feeling. That Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a change in your lifestyle, and I could see that in them. So now I had um, two parents who believed in the Lord. I was in my young teen, teen years, so I wasn't, I wasn't old, but I wasn't too young either. I was old enough to understand, uh, you know, what, what a faith in Christ looked like. So my parents started to go to church, and they started to bring me and my sister, and the more that I heard the gospel, the more that I had a desire to reject it. Um, you know, I, I hate to compare myself to Judas, but <laughs> I 
I'm going to, right? Judas, he walked with Jesus. He constantly had the gospel poured into him. He constantly had um, the words of God poured into him. He's constantly in the presence of, of um, just godly examples, right? In the presence of Jesus. But he still didn't believe. Even though he was exposed to the gospel, he still rejected it. Because again, we're not saved by someone else's faith. It's a choice that we must make. And Judas, though he was exposed, he didn't believe. And unfortunately, that's what I did a lot. The worst part about it was, the more I went to church, the more I said I did believe in it, but I truly didn't believe in my heart. And so I was trying to convince everyone around me that I had a faith in Jesus Christ, but I didn't. And it's crazy because though I could fool everyone around me, I couldn't fool the Lord. But praise be to God because He is faithful. And even though that I was rejecting Him and turning away from Him in my heart, He still kept pursuing me. He kept pursuing me. He didn't turn His back on me. And unfortunately, I, I wasn't, I still didn't grasp the Lord yet. At this point, my older sister had accepted Jesus. I truly believe in my heart that she had accepted the Lord shortly after my parents did. And even with her, I could see a big change in her. She no longer wanted what the world had to offer. And again, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it, right? I just wanted more to make me happy. I couldn't bear the fact of looking at other people around me who are just evil and just in deep sin and think, how could I be put on the same level as them, right? We know Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I thought to myself, how could I be put on the same level as, as other people? How could I be put on the same level as people who murder other people or who do these terrible things to children? Surely, I don't, I, I shouldn't be put on that level. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't understand the truth of the gospel, right? We're all sinners. We all have a need for Jesus Christ, right? I didn't understand this. And so the more that I thought about it, the more I just, I didn't want to accept it. I kept rejecting it. I kept rejecting the idea of it. I, I can't believe in a God who would put me in the same place as he would put a murderer. It didn't make sense to me. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the world thinks like this. And by God's grace, he would open my eyes later by his Holy Spirit. But a lot of the world thinks like this. And it's a flawed mindset. And I don't know, maybe you're listening to this today and you think the same thing. How could a loving God allow bad to happen? Or how could a loving God allow something bad happen to me, right? It's a flawed mindset. We serve a good God. So... The more uh, my parents would get involved with church, they started to do Bible studies at home, and I started to hear the gospel just being poured into me and poured into me. And unfortunately, again, I kept telling everyone that I was okay and that I, I was believing in Jesus in my heart, but I wasn't. I had no personal walk and no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, I started to uh, watch things <laughs> behind my family's back. I started to listen to things behind my family's back. I started to... Uh, talk to people <laughs> that I shouldn't have been talking to behind my parents' back. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. <laughs> I've done a lot of things that, you know, a lot of things I'm too ashamed to even confess. And you know what? I don't want to glory in my sin. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and glory in what I've done wrong. Um, but I'm going to glory in the fact that Jesus Christ did save me from who I was. He did save me from what I have done. Um... A huge verse that I really believe is firmly part of my testimony is Isaiah 55:11, And it says, The word that the Lord speaks will not return to him void. In other words, what the Lord, what he speaks, it's not, it's not, it's not empty, right? God's not talking in the air. 
with God, nothing is wasted. And again, I'm just so grateful for that. Because even though God's word kept getting poured into me, and though I kept rejecting it, pushing it away, the Holy Spirit was doing a work in my heart that I didn't understand. The Holy Spirit was showing me slowly how desperately I need Jesus. The Holy Spirit did not stop showing me this. Well, I remember clearly I was struggling a lot with the anxiety. I struggled with anxiety for, I don't know, a few years. Really, really bad anxiety. Um, which I really think the anxiety is linked to depression. And my anxiety led to deep depression. And I remember feeling depressed, feeling anxious, and feeling just empty. Um, I had suicidal thoughts a lot. No one knows that, really. Um, it's not something I would share a lot. Like, oh, yeah, I had suicidal thoughts. But I did. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. And I had thoughts of, I can't take this anymore. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm empty. I'm broken. I'm bitter. Why do I feel like this? And I couldn't stand the fact that I would see everyone else at church and they would, it would look like they had life together, that they were, they were great. They had a peace that I didn't have. They had a joy that I didn't have. They had a love that I didn't have, but I was so jealous and envious of this. I wanted it, but I didn't have it. And so I remember feeling so depressed and so beat down. And I started to remember all these scriptures and all these verses that I had heard uh, for years at this point. But all these verses that I've heard and all the, 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 the words of God that have been poured into me, I started to think on them. And the Holy Spirit started to, the Holy Spirit really started to work on my heart then. And I realized what the world had to offer me could never satisfy, could never fill me. I promise you, I, I tried so hard to fill the emptiness and the longing in my heart with what the world had to offer. And the world never satisfied it left me dry. It left me wanting more. And so I remember the day clearly when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I remember feeling peace. I felt satisfied, right? I finally realized that I am a sinner. I desperately do need Jesus Christ. And I accepted him into my heart as Lord and Savior. Um, and again, I just I remember, um, you know, the anxiety was still there. I'm not going to lie. It didn't go away. It didn't go away. And I think it's a misconception that people have. That if you accept Jesus, you won't struggle. You won't have depression. You won't have anxiety. But honestly, I think the truth is, it's not that the anxiety and depression goes away. The need for the anxiety and the depression goes away. I don't need to be anxious anymore. I don't need to be depressed. I fear death greatly, which is, it's crazy, right? It sounds like an oxymoron. How could I fear death yet have suicidal thoughts? <laughs> but I did. And, and all that went away, again, the need for the anxiety and the need for the depression went away when I accepted Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. I realized I don't have to fear anymore. I have hope. I have assurance. I finally have something that the world could never offer me. And it is hope. It is peace. It is joy. Not happiness, but joy. True joy that only Jesus Christ can give. And so I had accepted Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior and Again, I'm not going to lie, sin leaves a mark. Sin leaves a stain. And honestly, I'm still dealing with stuff personally in my life, which is a, a result of my sin. Right? There's still going to be repercussions from our sins. But boy, let me tell you something. I felt peace and joy that I'd never felt before. And here's the glorious part. Years later now, I feel that peace and joy 
just the same as I did when I first accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Because it is a lasting peace and a lasting joy. It's not temporary, right? It's not what the world can give you, a moment of happiness and then more depression, right? No, this is eternal joy. It's not something that fades away, a peace that the world can never take from me. And so when we move to, again, I lived in Pennsylvania, and then I moved to a state called West Virginia in the United States. When we moved there, it's just a, a great time for me to really develop my relationship with Jesus. And the more and more that I would read God's word, the more and more I had a hunger and a thirst for it. The more and more I realized I need God desperately. And that is something that I realize each and every day. I need Jesus. I cannot have enough of Jesus. We need his Holy Spirit. Um, and it's true for all of us. We, we are a people who desperately need Jesus. We're a very dependent people who serve an independent God, right? God wants us. He doesn't need us, though. But we desperately need God, right? And so just being able to just develop my relationship with Jesus, it was just incredible. And the more and more that I realize that Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship that we can have with the God of the universe. It is a relationship that God wants to have with his people, with his creation. Um, and so just, again, I found that to be just so encouraging and so uplifting to me. So as a, as a, as a Christian, you know, I was still learning what does it mean to live a life now, right? What does it mean to live a life for Jesus Christ? And you know, again, when you believe on Jesus Christ, it should be evident that there's been a change in you. And now that I had the peace and the joy that I saw that my family had, I really wanted to see the change that I saw in their lives. I wanted to see that change in my life. And again, <laughs> I still struggle, right? I think there's this big misconception that Christians don't struggle. We do. We struggle. Again, we're needy people. We struggle. But praise be to God that he doesn't leave us or forsake us. And so I was beginning to see, what does it look like to live a life for Jesus Christ? What does it mean to live a holy life? What does it mean to live a life that denies self and gives this constant heed and obedience to the Holy Spirit? And the Lord started to, to show me and develop this into my heart. I remember, I think it was the year 2017, I, I went to a discipleship camp. And just what a great time of just growing in the Lord and being able to just have God's word poured into me. And, uh, the Lord just really put a desire on my heart to serve Him. Um, I've always had a desire to, I've always had a desire to go to college and make a career. And I don't say this to puff myself up, right? I don't say this for any reason like that. I say this to show you how gracious our God is. Um, but anyway, I had this desire to to go to college and to do these things. And the Lord, He, he slowly started to take those desires away. And it's not a bad thing to go to college, right? A great, it's a great thing. God calls people to do that, but he wasn't calling me to do that. Instead, he, he put a desire on my heart to serve him and to bring the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. I wanted to bring the gospel to others because I know for me personally how terrible it was to be in bondage, how terrible it was to be a slave to sin, how terrible it was to just be depressed and anxious and have suicidal thoughts. I knew how terrible it was to just hate life. To think that there is no meaning and no purpose to life. And the Lord really started to work on my heart because I didn't want other people to have to live like that. And so the Lord gave me a desire to share the gospel with others. And there should be the desire of all of us as Christians, right? This isn't something exclusive to any one person. 
we should all have a desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's something that the Lord has to give me every day, right? I have to seek the Lord in this every day. Every day I, I live, I need to pray, God, please give me a desire to share your word today. Because we can't do it alone. We can't do it in our own strength. We need God's spirit. So I really wanted to serve the Lord um, on the mission field. And this is probably the year 2019. Um, I really had a desire to go um, internationally and bring the gospel. And to go do mission work internationally. And so I remember uh, 2019, I was praying about it. And I just didn't feel peace about it. I, the Lord kept closing doors and no doors were really opening for me to go. And so instead, the Lord put me in a season of full-time work. Um, so I was working full-time, and I remember at the end of 2000, 2019, and even the beginning of 2020, this past year, I really felt a desire to resurface to, to bring the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. So I started to pray on it, and I was like, Lord, you know, are you, are you telling me to go to go uh, on the mission field and to, to leave my country and go to a different country? And so I remember praying on that, and I was reading in Second Corinthians. I just think it's a really cool verse. This is about exactly one year after I started praying about going on the mission field. Um, exactly one year later, I started to pray on it again. And I was reading through Second Corinthians, and I got to chapter 8. And in verse 10, Paul says, And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. That is, there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. And so I read that, I was like, whoa, right? That was one of those verses where I was kind of creeped out, actually, after reading it. So like, man, that was like, felt like that was directly from, from the Lord to me, right? <laughs> and here's the sad part. This is, God always speaks to us through His Word, right? I think something we ask a lot is, Lord, please speak to me through Your Word. He's always speaking, right? We just need to listen. And so I read that and I was like, wow, great. Praise the Lord. So I started to pray about where to go. Yeah, because it's a big world we live in. And so I remember praying about it and praying about it and I remember someone had said, hey, you know, I know you're praying about where to go. Maybe you should pray about about Myanmar. And so <laughs> I started to think about it. I was like, Myanmar? I really don't want to go to India. And so I thought that Myanmar was the capital of India. And I know, I hope you're laughing at me because I'm geographically challenged. I have no clue, right? I had no idea Myanmar was its own country. And so if you're watching this and you live in Myanmar, <laughs> I don't mean to offend you when I say that. Um, if anything, I'm dumb. So... <laughs> So I was like, I don't know, India? That's weird. I don't, I don't know if I want to go there. And so I started to pray on it and pray on it. And it's funny because I got in touch with um, Pastor Aaron and his family through a magazine. I had never met them before, <laughs> but I had gotten in contact with them through a church magazine. I saw their name and they were serving in, in Myanmar. And so I reached out to them and the more I prayed on it, the more the Lord started to open doors. But, you know, with mission work, there's a big, there's a big thing that comes in the way of that, right? It's finances. <laughs> it's a lot of money to do mission work. But God is faithful, right? And I knew the Lord would provide. So as I was praying about, about coming here to Myanmar, I remember it was a pretty fast process. It was faster than a lot of people. Uh, but 
I just remember it was like one week. The Lord just provided everything I needed to come, all the finances. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go down for a month and pray about uh, pray about extending my stay after a month. And so I got down here and y'all know what happened next, right? Coronavirus. That's why we're doing this right now on the internet. And so my time turned, turned out to be longer than a month and I'm still here in Myanmar and the Lord just really put a desire on my heart to, to just stay here longer and to extend my stay. And so I really look forward to being able to, to serve the Lord here in Myanmar. But again, I don't, I don't share that with you all to, to be like, oh, look at me. Look what I'm doing for the Lord, right? That, that's not at all why I'm sharing this. I'm sharing this because God took a fool like myself. He took a, a wretched man who was just lost in sin and in bondage and slavery to sin. And he transformed my life. He renewed my life. He changed it. He gave me a new heart and a new mind. He satisfied me. He took away the suicidal thoughts. He took away the depression and the anxiety. He took away what I was enslaved, uh, in slavery and in bondage to. And he freed me. And now by his grace, he's called me to minister. That to me, it just blows my mind. It's so incredible when you think about it. Because we again, we serve a God who does not need me. He doesn't need any of us, but he wants us. And he invites us in. We serve a God who invites us in. A God who, who gives us second chances, right? We serve a gracious God. And I, and I hope this encourages you because I had rejected Jesus in my heart. I had turned away from him and I pushed him away. I really didn't have any desire to serve him. But though I rejected Jesus and though I turned my back on him time after time, I spit on him. I turned my back on him. I rejected him. But he never rejected me. And he never turned his back on me. And finally, just like the story of the prodigal son, when I came just coming back, right, just broken down and beat up from the world, now I'm crawling before Jesus and and I'm begging him, right? And I think if I was Jesus, I would be like, get out of here. You had your chance. I don't want you. Look how dirty you are. Look how filthy you are from the world. What can I do with you now? You're filthy, right? But that's not what Jesus did. He embraced me. He changed me. And instead of rejecting me, he accepted me. He forgave me of my sins. He clothed me in his righteousness. You know, my old self has been crucified with Christ. I'm a new creation in him. And so wherever you're at, I just want to encourage you. We serve a God of restoration. Uh... God leaves nothing in the trash. Nothing is wasted with the Lord. And you know what? Many times I can find myself drifting away from the Lord. And maybe that's you today. I want to encourage you, come back to Jesus. Right? I had to learn how to surrender. I had to learn how to surrender just my wants and my desires. And I had to learn how to, how to accept what, what what God says of me, right? I'm not, I'm not a wretch anymore. <laughs> I'm a new creation in Christ. Right? God restored me. And I want to encourage you with that. We serve a God of restoration. And so again, I just want to encourage you to read Psalm 107 this week. Uh, it's a great it's a great chapter. And I think it's the first or second verse that says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let us proclaim what Jesus has done in our lives, right? Our testimony is not about who we were. It's not about what we did. It's about what Jesus saved us from, right? Our testimony is made great when Jesus enters into it. And so... I'm just really glad I got to share my testimony with you. And again, I want to throw the invitation. Please share yours. Uh, share your testimony. 
maybe not of how you accepted Jesus into your life, but what he's been doing for you in, in this time of lockdown or what he did for you this week. There's one thing that I'm learning every day is God is so faithful. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He provides for us. We serve a great and a faithful God. And so I hope this encouraged you. I hope you all are doing well in this lockdown. And again, if you have any if you have any prayer requests, any praises, please send them to us. We'd love to pray for you or rejoice with you. Um, and so, yeah, look forward again to when we can meet in person. Uh, please pray with me and then we will... We'll do another song of worship, and yeah, please, please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for just the sweet time, God, of just being able to share of what, you, what you've done, Lord. And I, I pray that each one of us would remember how good and how faithful you are. And Lord, just what you've done for us in our lives, God, you saved us. Lord, we're no longer slaves to our sin. We're no longer in bondage. Lord, the sins that we were bound by, the sins that... Lord, the sins that just kept us chained up and, and held back, God. You took those chains and you broke them, Lord. Those sins that we felt we could never defeat, you defeated when Jesus died on the cross. I praise you, Lord, because we're not a slave to our sin anymore. And I thank you, Father, that as just as we, we died with, with Jesus, we rose with him. We can share in his resurrection and we're a new creations in Christ. I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that we would live and walk in the freedom that Jesus has given us. And I pray that we would share with the world around us what it is that you have done for us, how you have saved us and redeemed us. Lord, I pray that we would live in this world, but not of it. Lord, that people would see a difference and a change in our hearts. That people would truly know and see that we are your disciples. We are your followers. We belong to the living God. So, Father, just help us to be faithful and bold witnesses this week. Help us to glorify you in all that we say and do. And Lord, I just pray for just all my brothers and sisters and you, God, watching this. And throughout the world, I just pray for their protection, God, that you be with them this week. I pray that we'd be able to meet together soon. And I just pray, Lord, for a sweet fellowship with you throughout this week. So, Father, just thank you for this time. We love you, God, and we praise you, and we glorify your holy name. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. And again, please join us as we sing one last song together.